Hallelujah. Let's just take the few minutes that we have here. This is good. Kept checking in to see if I should go in a different direction or if there was something else the Holy Spirit wants to do, but we're just right on track here, so this is good. I'm so excited. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I'll start reading at uh, verse 1, but it's really the second verse that I'm zeroing in on. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to fail to reach it. To reach it, that's his rest. For good news came to us just as it did to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Now, some of you will have a different version. And depending on how it reads, this one says they were not united by faith with those who listened. Some of you, it will have the idea that they did not unite their faith with the word that God had spoken. But really, when we get down to it, we're at the same place either way. So, if you imagine that we're at Kadesh Barnea, the first, the first time that the children of Israel were supposed to go into the Promised Land, not the Jordan River, Kadesh Barnea. The 12 spies have been sent into the land. Uh, not such a good idea. They went in, and 10 of them came back with a fearful, unbelieving report. Two of them came back with a faith-filled report. And so if we're taking this scripture, the congregation of Israel failed to unite their faith with those who were coming and bringing a faith-filled report. Or, if you want to take the other version, they failed to unite their faith with the report that was being brought, which was the word of the Lord, I brought you out to bring you in. They failed to mix, to completely intertwine their faith with the faith of those who were declaring God will give us the land. They failed to completely unite their faith with the message God is giving us the land. They failed to be persuaded. They failed to come under full conviction regarding the word of the Lord. Now, where this starts is up in, or up in, further on in, in chapter 3, where he's saying, I want you to consider the apostle sent from heaven with the message of your salvation, your message of good news. Now, I want you to understand, your message of good news is not about the land of Israel going in to take that promised land. Your good news, your message of salvation is just not one of escape 
forgiveness of sins, escape from hell, and somehow being in paradise. That is not your message of salvation. Your message of salvation is that you were created for glory and honor. You were created for authority and dominion. But all have sinned and fallen short of that glory. But someone has been sent from heaven to redeem us through a sacrifice once and for all, for all mankind, in order that he might bring sons and restore them to glory. And this message is not just something separate from Jesus, but it's embodied within his person. The work that he did to redeem us, the journey and his life of obedience and suffering and death in absolute submission because he put his faith fully in his Father's word, going into the grave, rising again from the dead, ascending to the throne of glory, and thereby claiming your inheritance and destiny. He pioneered, he is the founder of our faith. So this message is not just about escape from hell. This message is reclaiming that place of glory and honor, that place of authority and dominion, ruling forever with Christ. And it has to do with completely freeing us from the corruption that has been brought into our lives that has robbed us of the glory and called us, caused us to live in a completely self-centered way and to bring us into the full restoration of God's image within us. Which you can see in the messenger who is the message who came from heaven. This message, this good news, the promised land for you is that through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That you will rule and reign with Christ when the kingdoms of this earth shall become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. The good news is, beloved, now we are the sons of God. And though it does not yet appear what we shall be, we still walk in an authority. Because not everything is in subjection to us, but there is one man that everything is in subjection to him. And after he was crucified and rose again from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. And then he authorized us to use the authority of his name. This is all the gospel, the message. This is walking into our inheritance and our promise. Now, as we were back in chapter 3, we need to consider Jesus, the apostle who's come with this message, he embodied the message, and our high priest who not only made atonement to free us, but has entered into the very realm of glory, and there, in the power of an indestructible life, he is our advocate, and he is our guarantee that that is our destination as we put our faith in him. Consider him. We're not talking about Moses who led them out of Egypt 
and led them to the brink of the promised land. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the heir of eternal glory, who is leading us into our inheritance and restoring to us our calling that we were created for. So let's get this message. Why does it matter? Because it is so easily to get drawn away from the importance of this message and this call from heaven by the everyday drudgery of life, by all of the things that you're facing and get pulled into the, I'm just trying to survive, I'm just trying to succeed, I'm just trying to find a happy moment in the middle of it. So easy to get pulled away. It's so easy to lose sight of it because in the journey you have to face living in this world, living in the midst of its hostility, living in the midst of its pressures, walking in obedience, facing persecution, facing suffering. So easy to get pulled away and lose sight. And yet, all of the decisions and choices we make, I just see a consuming fire in either your life and every day and your moment and the way you live it and the uh, attitude you have and the focus that you have is either consumed in that flame or not. And we're called that our bodies and how we live in this body. One, one of these days I'm going to preach a sermon on your body. But anyways, getting back here. He then takes us in chapter 3 to that song. Today if you will hear his voice and harden not your heart. Now before I go on, I want you to understand. Let me just do this really quickly. That is the first in a series of psalms that happen, that ends with Psalms 100. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart and into his courts with praise. It sets the stage for worship. This is the stage for worship. The first stage for worship is come let us sing for joy unto the Lord. Why? Because he is a, because he is a great God and a king above all gods. Sing for joy unto him. Understand the greatness of his name. Second stage of worship. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. We are the sheep of his hands. He is our God. The third stage of worship is today if you will hear his voice and harden not your heart, because if your heart is not fully persuaded that he is God and comes under full persuasion to his word, all of your singing for joy and all of your kneeling in worship is meaningless. Because the completion of your worship is today if you will hear his voice and harden not your hearts. It's the completion of worship. God, you are the great God. I believe that you are. But God, I believe that bowing in obedience to you in every moment of my life will lead me into the most rewarding life, future, and destiny that it is possible for man to know. And even though it may lead me through a means that I don't understand and through roads that are difficult and hard, I believe that to walk with you in obedience and trust will lead me to the most fulfillment, the most reward that life could possibly offer. So it says, Today if you will hear his voice and do not harden your hearts, 
as in the rebellion, that word is when they, the idea of provoke, when they provoke me. On the day of testing in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, and they tested me by saying, God, we will trust and obey you if you prove yourself to us in these ways. You never test and prove God in that means. God has given us permission to test and prove Him through our obedience. And He will always prove faithful, and He will always prove true, and He will always prove good. But once you come to God and you test Him, you say, I will trust and obey you if you if you make it happen this way, if you resolve this for me, if you turn this, if you come on my time schedule, God's not interested. Because that makes you God and not Him. Today, if you will hear His voice, heart in your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness when your fathers tested, put me to the test. They saw my works for 40 years, and yet, I, therefore, I was provoked with that generation, and I said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. And I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest. They will not enter my rest. There's a my rest that's there. Therefore it says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today if you will hear his voice and do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned whose bodies fell in, fell in the wilderness? And whom did he swear they would not enter his rest, but those who were disobedient? That word disobedient means failure to be fully persuaded. They refused to be fully persuaded. Let me say that again. They refused to be fully persuaded. They let their doubts and fears... And they let the reports of those who came back with fearful unbelief, they allowed those to persuade them, and they refused to allow their hearts and minds to come fully under the persuasion of the good report. Those who fail to allow their hearts and minds to come under the full persuasion of the good report will never enter his rest. They will never enter his rest. Mm -hmm. So now there's the question, what is that rest? I don't have time this morning to unpackage that for you. What does it mean to come under full persuasion? I don't think I have time this morning to do that for you either. So Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do right now? What do you want me to do? I'm just going to go back. To verse 19, you see they were unable to enter because of unbelief. They failed to allow their hearts to be fully persuaded. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should fail to reach it. For the good news came to us just as to them. 
but the message they heard did not benefit them because they failed to unite it by faith. That word means persuasion and conviction. They did not take, they did not listen to those who were speaking the message of faith and allow themselves to come under full conviction, full persuasion. They didn't. They did not allow their hearts and minds to come under a full persuasion. What do you want me to do, Lord? I was gonna, I'm just going to quote to you some other Scripture verses, and I'm going to take you to one in Romans chapter 4. Because I want, I want you to see the root of your faith. I want you to see some roots. But let me just do this. For I know, this is 1 Timothy chapter 1, and Paul is talking about his life. He's telling to Timothy, don't worry, don't be ashamed of my suffering, and don't be afraid to join with me in my suffering for the gospel's sake, because the reason why I am suffering is for the gospel and for the hope and for the salvation which Jesus has brought. And he said, I am fully willing to suffer, for I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I am persuaded. Romans chapter 8, the end of that chapter. He's talking about we are always given over to death. We are like sheep being led to the slaughter. But he says, I am persuaded that neither life nor death, principalities and powers, things present or things to come, height or depth can ever separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Why did he face these things? Why did he endure these things? Because he was absolutely persuaded regarding the gospel, because he was absolutely persuaded that nothing could separate him from the love of God that was in Christ Jesus. Therefore, he passionately served the cause of the gospel. Therefore, he joyfully entered into the suffering. Why? Because he had entered his rest. He fully rested on the message of the gospel. He fully rested that what God has spoken through the gospel is finished and done. It is absolutely assured. It is absolutely certain. Therefore, I can invest my life totally in the cause of Jesus Christ. See, rest, rest. A person who sits on their rump and waits for God to do it is not entering their rest. A person that is fully persuaded and therefore pursuing God, saying, God, where is my life to be invested in this cause? Because this cause is a sure cause. That person has entered into his rest. That person who is, that person who is willing to invest all of his life and face whatever suffering and whatever cost is in front of him, that person has entered his rest for he is fully convinced, fully persuaded, fully assured that what God has promised, he will also perform. Hallelujah. That's rest. That's rest. And when you enter his rest, you then enter yours and stop striving. You stop striving to make things happen and you start walking in absolute obedience. And absolute obedience is not neutral. We'll go into the by faith. By faith. By faith, because I want you to know who those cloud of witnesses are. Those are 
by faith, 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 by faith. Why did they invest their lives and give themselves completely to follow, to serve, to be a part of his cause? Because they were absolutely persuaded. Absolutely persuaded. Now, come with me. I want to come to the roots of your faith, Romans chapter 4. Now, I'm excited. Romans chapter 4. Now, I'm going to start reading at verse 13. I think I can wrap this up in five minutes for you. But then I also want to release something this morning. So, go get your coffee if you need to, but here I go. Verse 13. For the promise to Abraham that his offspring would be heir of the world. Now just stop for a second. I didn't say that his descendants would inherit Israel. We're way beyond that. We are way beyond that. We're just way beyond that. We're talking Genesis chapter 22. Genesis. Maybe I should turn there and just read that. Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Abraham has in faith gone out to a land that he didn't know, that God said he would inherit. By faith he persevered in that land. Not perfectly, but he persevered in that land. Believing that God would give him that land, though at the end of his life all he did was own the plot of his wife's grave. By faith he extended this blessing onto his children believing that God was still faithful to fulfill his promise. But here, in Genesis chapter 22, his faith has been taken to a level where God tells him to take Isaac, his only son born of him, and Sarah, the son of promise, take him to the altar, tie him to the altar, and sacrifice him. And Abraham Believing God, and we'll look at that in, in, this, in, in Romans chapter 4, but Abraham, believing God, offered his son on that altar, and God stopped him, and there was a ram caught in the thicket that he was able to offer instead of his son Isaac. But Abraham's faith was proven here, and it says in verse 15 of 22, and the Lord, and the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you and I will certainly multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sands on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice." That's what we're talking about when it says, for the promise to Abraham that his offspring would be heir of the world. That is a promise that you are a part of as his seed. Did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs of faith, then faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. So much in here. 
not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith, and he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Let me help you understand what the nature of faith in Christ is. The nature of faith that accesses God's grace. The nature of faith that lays hold of his salvation. The nature of faith that brings you into God's rest. It is a faith that is fully persuaded. Fully convinced. Unwavering. That what God has promised, He also shall perform. When you have entered by faith into that place, then you give yourself unreservedly in obedience to God. And giving yourself unreservedly in obedience to God, you begin to face every situation within your life and you begin to look at it through the lens of this is the territory God is giving me. You are absolutely persuaded that no matter what it is that you're going through, God's promise is absolutely true. And you do not murmur and complain and say, God, if I was your son, this shouldn't be happening to me. If I was your son, this should be happening to me. If you were God and your promises were true, this is the way it should be happening. But instead, fully persuaded that regardless of the circumstances and what it is that you're facing, his word is true. He has the power and will fulfill what he has spoken. You then give yourself completely to trust and obedience in Him. And as you do, you begin to walk in His authority and you begin to take territory. But you will never begin to walk in His authority and begin to take territory until you allow your heart to be won over by the Gospel. You allow your heart to come under full persuasion that God is God and the Gospel is true. We're going to go after this a little bit more. But today, this is what I want to do. I'd like you to stand up and get your hands kind of on one or two people. I just want to release something in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? I'll partner with you in it. He says, today, I want to release my joy over my people. I want to release my joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, the Holy Spirit's releasing joy because he told me he wants to release his joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Underneath that joy is a growing confidence. I declare that this people 
is going to be a people fully persuaded and fully convinced. Hallelujah. Regarding the truth of the gospel. Hallelujah. And the certainty of their hope in Christ. Hallelujah. Doubts and fears are going. Hallelujah. And through faith, joy is coming. 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 We release that joy today. Hallelujah. A joyful expectation. A joyful, triumphant um, uh, expectation over every situation. A joyful, as, as, as Janine said it, I'm just so excited. A joy being released in the house. A joy that does not come from, from trying to work it up. A joy that overflows from a faith that is fully persuaded. And I declare that this people be released from the doubts and the fears and, and the message and the report, hallelujah, that leads to, to, to a sense of we can't, we, we're not going in, it's too much for us, it's too large for us, it's too beyond us. But this people, hallelujah, will begin to look forward with joy because of faith to taking ground and taking land and taking breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. I declare that every gift in these people, hallelujah, be activated and be released. Hallelujah, be fully anointed and fully empowered so that they will begin to walk in their inheritance, their authority, their blessing. Hallelujah, let the children's bread come to the children so that they will walk in healing and deliverance. Hallelujah, I declare the joy, in joy, 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 joy in the house of the Lord over these people. Joy in the house of the Lord over these people. Joy, joy, joy. I can't stand it. Joy, 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 joy. Hallelujah. Joy, joy. Every group will get them. Joy, joy, joy. I can't stand it. Joy, joy, joy in the name of Jesus. Joy, joy, joy in the name of Jesus. Joy, joy, joy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Joy. Good guy is looking at me. Did you miss us on purpose? Joy. In the name of Jesus. Wow. And since you were last, a double portion of joy. So you will know it's absolutely worth it, the journey you're walking through. Hallelujah. I'm done. God bless you. Have coffee. Enjoy yourselves. God's good.